Hello everybody, it's Gary Stuckey with Real Music. On today's show, I've got bassist Aaron Lee from YNT. Yeah, that rhymes. And uh, he's a singer, songwriter, and he does a bunch of other things. We're going to talk about that, but he's got a brand new single out called Bahia Sunshine. And a uh, pretty awesome song. Yeah, we're going to talk about that and so much more. So here we go. Here's Aaron Lee. The scene here, I'm, I'm thinking of Mike Myers and the Love Guru or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's some Austin out? Powers, huh? That's it. It, look, it looks cool. It's it's very snazzy. I, it's uh, I love it. It's a room in my house that uh, is has come in handy for these types of situations with this live stream stuff. Awesome. Very nice. Are there going to be other rooms like this all over the country? Is this a new thing? I mean, I, I, I seriously, I do like that that look. Uh, cool. Yeah, I'll come design a room in your house for you. You know, you got to hire go. me and fly fly me out, and I'll yeah. See, interior designer. You, there you go. Remember that. I'm. I. It was my idea. Whatever you said. Uh, yep. So, uh, is everything going good? As good as uh, it can, man. You know, things could be always worse. So I, I choose to be on the uh, positive side of uh, the line. There. Yeah, it's yeah, all good. Hey, that's good, man. Well, let's get started here. Uh, now I've, I've been listening to Bahia Sunshine. Now. That's an interesting name. Uh, so tell me about this this single, you know, and why did you decide to do this single? And you know, what's it all about, really? Well, uh, what it's all about is it, I'm actually learning about this myself uh, after writing this song. I'm learning more and more about these lyrics and and the the meaning of it, if there is any, you know, real direct meaning. But um, going back to the title, uh, the name Bahia is just from a young girl that I knew when I was like five years old. We were playmates and she lived on my street. And I'd always remembered that name as being beautiful, unique, pretty, you know, and uh, it always struck a chord. So I wrote a song with that as a title and not necessarily about a girl. Um, I guess it could be if you want it to be, but, you know, um, it's uh, I think the lyrics evoke uh, imagery, um, thought provoking, doesn't have to necessarily be a universal hit of a message. But if you take it as that, that's cool, too. Um, but I, I lean into it as uh, being a metaphoric situation of a, like a, a higher power. Yeah, I mean, that's what I got from it. Uh, you know, and like you said, songs can take on different meanings, of course, but people, when people are listening to it, I guess it's all about the listener, you know, but, uh, the song itself, it sounds like a Beatles song. I'm, I'm sure you were influenced by the Beatles and right. Absolutely. I mean, you know, in my generation of musicians who wasn't influenced by the Beatles, um, you know, along with some Bowie, uh, a little T-Rex, um, those were the, you know, you nailed it when you said Beatles, because that's kind of I, I was hearing that back, you know, as I was tracking vocals and, uh, you know, some harmonies and things that were creeping in there. And I was thinking that is kind of Beatlesque, you know, I, I dig that. Let's go down that road, you know. Right. Yeah, it definitely has that sound to it. And uh, so so what's going to happen when uh, Bahia shows up one day and says, I want half the of the, the recording rights to the song? Yeah. Yeah, you know, what's interesting is after, uh, you know, I've been doing some of these interviews and stuff. And then I was I was talking to my wife the other day, telling her about some of these interviews. And and I and I said, you know, I actually I think I have a picture of the the girl by Hia from my fifth birthday party. 
um and it's in a photo album in my garage up top somewhere i'm gonna have to go in there and dig it up but i i know i possess an actual photograph of her and so yeah i'd like to uh kind of tie that in maybe on social media down the road you know and post the actual who is by here well maybe you know in exploring the meaning of this song you know you're searching for things in life maybe it's the search of finding bahia and seeing what <laughs> she's up to you know i'm just saying no but hey that would be that would be interesting i, I want to know more about this so whenever you if you find her maybe you can do some kind of you know episode about that or something i don't know that would be that that's interesting she's out yeah. there somewhere yeah uh, that's awesome um so, but the Beatles, though, of course, like you said, why did you decide now, you're in Y&T, of course. So why did you go in this direction, in this Beatles-esque kind of a form, kind of different than what you're normally doing, right? So why did you decide, I'm going to go in this direction? Well, if you if you go back to my first single I put out in 2020 uh, called Insanity, um, this song, I mean, could be a continuation in a sense of of that song and most of my uh, material. It, it's not really considered, I wouldn't consider it hard rock, you know, and yeah. I consider Y&T hard rock music. Um, leans almost into metal in the early stuff, you know. But, yeah. um, you know, I, I'm uh, a fan of all kinds of music. So, you know, my influences are definitely on my sleeve. And that's kind of where I come from is from the 70s um sort of sounds um you know i was a teenager in the 80s and i was in, in a glam band i mean i used to you know have the big hair and the makeup and the clothes <laughs> and all that stuff and we were called sleaze actually which is also you know right in with the times man you know 1986 <laughs> 87 but um uh you know so of course i was influenced by that music as well in the 80s um and discovering ynt at that time as well but uh you know it, it's it's just what comes out, I guess, is is I'm not looking to hit a certain genre of music or anything. I'm not, there's no premeditated motive. It's just basically antenna up, message received, record it um, and put it out, you know? So that's where it was coming from musically was uh, just no, no real expectation of what was happening. Just let it happen, you know? Right. Well, that's a good way to uh, to write. Just let things come. There's, like you said, no preconceived anything. That's uh, wow. Um, but what is what's your ultimate goal uh, when you're creating new music? What's your ultimate goal when you set out to create it? Would you say? Uh, to I have to like it. I have to like it enough that I feel compelled to want to share it with other people. You know. And music is so subjective. We know that as music lovers and listeners that there's some things we like and some things we just don't. And there's not a real reason for why we don't like it, but there's definitely reasons why we do like it. You know, a certain song, certain uh, vocalist, a certain, you know, guitar player or whatever. Um, but uh, it, it's, you know, the the end game here is just to keep creating. And, you know, with Y&T, um, it's a great outlet for me to go play live on bigger stages and, and, you know, have a lot of fun with that and playing, you know, some of the greatest rock and roll music ever written. Um, it's, it's a lot of fun and it's, and it's very satisfying, but at the same time, I, I still want to, you know, uh, get in a room and make music that is in my head. And then if it hits me a certain way when it's done, 
and I and I can live with it, then I figured there's people out there that could probably live with this too. That's where sure. that's coming. Sure. Well, you know, when you were growing up, listening to the Beatles and David Bowie, what was it about those songs? You know, surely there was a pattern of the groups that you listened to, like Kiss or some, you know, or some of these bands that you listened to growing up. There had to be a pattern of or reasons why you they struck you, you know, and you went, I love these guys. What do you think it was about those guys during that time that really struck well, the, you? The, the lineage, if you if you think about it, um, I'm not so sure about Bowie, but, um, you know, you mentioned Kiss. I mean, they were influenced by the Beatles. So I think it all goes back to the Beatles. <laughs> yeah. You can link a lot of things back to the Beatles, man. Um, but, you know, when it when it comes to uh, the 70s sounds, it's just basically it's ingrained in me because that's what I grew up on as a kid. You know, my sure. parents would play that stuff in the house constantly. So I was exposed to it from a very young age. And and like most musicians that I know, you know, it's the same story over and over. It's, you know, we just hear this music and it starts to become ingrained and, and you know, it becomes a piece of you. Um, I think that's where in my music it seeps out a bit. You know, you can hear you can hear some influences in there. Right. Awesome. Uh, and I know growing up, you know, when you're when you're learning to play different instruments now, you you didn't only play the bass, you play different instruments. Right. And, and here here's something I find interesting because I play different instruments and the bass, the bass player is a guy they can't find a bass player. And usually it's a guy that is playing guitar or drums or something. And you want to play the bass? OK, I'll do it because nobody else steps in. Was that the case for you? Uh, that was, that's exactly what happened. Uh, you know, that happens all the time. What, yeah, want, wanted to make a band when, when we were uh, early teenagers, you know, neighborhood kids that, uh, you know, we had a drummer around the corner, had a couple of guitar players down the road. I, I played drums, bass, guitar, but I just kind of just defaulted the bass so we could make a band. That's what it was. And then I started discovering uh, more about the instrument and being influenced by, uh, you know, some of the greatest bass players of all time at that time. Um and it just, you know, it, I just dedicated my time to that. I found that I connected with it. You know, that's that's but how, how you mentioned it is by default, really, just, you know, yeah. so we can make a band. That's that's how it works, you know, because you can never find a bass player. So everybody wants to play guitar. Everybody wants to be a singer or be the drummer. But the bass player is kind of like the odd man out and, and don't get a lot of respect. I mean, as as he should. I, I'll say that because I know. Because I've played it before, but I mean, you know, because people always have their eyes glued, you know, but I think once people learn the bass, like you said, you learn the bass and you really discovered it, it helps you discover bass players. I bet you your eyes were opened when you focused on the bass to all the great bass players and you're like, it's probably changed your world, right? Absolutely. You know, I mean, you can jump around and think of some of the best, to me, some of the greatest players of all time, the innovators, you know, Getty Lee. Steve yeah. Harris of uh, Iron Maiden, um, right. you know, Billy Sheehan, um, you know, Prince, an amazing bass player. Uh, right. You know, I mean, there's Jack Bruce, Cream, yeah. um, you know, John Entwistle. I mean, you can just, there's so many, man. Chris Squire from Yes. I mean, oh, so yeah. many great bass players. And, and every one of those that I mentioned are bass players that in the recordings, you can hear the bass. It's not yeah. buried. It's not just something to fill the space. There's actual melodies and parts that are being played that are intricate to the song. And without it, 
you take it out, it ain't the song. So that's what I was noticing when I was first learning how to play bass, you know, and, and picking out because then it would be like, well, I want to learn that song so I can hear the bass line, you know? So that's where Rush fell into it for me. Sure. What an awesome band. Yeah. <laughs> um, and when you're hearing these songs though, uh, like back in the day, was there a certain song that you heard and it probably influenced you from there on out, and especially with writing songs, do you, do you think of a song in your head and goes, that's, that's the perfect song. What would you think would be a perfect song that you just kind of listen to and go, everything is there. And I just love that song. Is there one well, like that? I, there's, there's thousands like that. Sure. I mean, there really is, you know, I, I could never pin down one song. No way. Um, right. right. But um, I mean, if, if I'm going to go back to the first time I started listening to hard rock music was the first time that I heard nobody's fault, but mine Led Zeppelin when I was probably six, seven years old and my, my uh, stepdad put it on the turntable, you know, and, and it literally scared the shit out of me when I heard the <laughs> intro. I mean, I got scared. Yeah. I was like, what is that sound? You know, Jimmy right. Page's intro to nobody's fault, but mine, man, it was and and on 10. Cause you know, my, my stepfather had a habit of just wanting to crank it all the time. And that's what I'm saying. It all comes, <laughs> it, it's that in, ingrained thing, man. All those memories come back when we're talking about this, but uh, right. Yeah, I mean, so that was like a real introduction right there where it was like, whoa, whoa, you know. That's a good place to start, especially on cranking it up to 10 with Led Zeppelin. I mean, <laughs> you got to you already started up here, so you're going to finish yeah. it out strong in your likes. That's pretty cool. Uh, so now, were you a fan of YNT back in the day? I mean, when you when you were growing up, did you, did you listen to YNT? Did you ever think? you would be a part of that band one day? Um, well, yes, of course I was a fan. I was a fan since I was 14, 15 years old when I discovered Black Tiger and been a fan my whole life, uh, a diehard fan. I mean, you know, the catalog, I know the catalog, I know. And this was before I was in YNT. And what's interesting is to end up in one of my favorite bands. When I went in for the first time to play with the guys, um, I already these songs were already again going back to the being ingrained they were in me and it felt natural if it, it was not a struggle of playing someone else's parts or anything because I learned through Phil Kenamore how to play bass so it was uh, a kind of a symbiotic give and take there and then all of a sudden I got to give back you know from taking all those years all that knowledge and all that learning those those bass lines and now I get to actually do it you know, with the real guy that wrote the stuff, Dave Manichetti, you know? So, um, yeah, I was, I was, I've always been a huge fan of the band and to be in the band is it, it truly dreams do come true. It's yeah. Cool. Right. It's got to hit you though, when you're out there playing with them and you're like, I have to pinch myself and, uh, you know, cause I'm actually playing with these guys, but yeah, what talk, yeah. Talk about dreams come true. I mean, that, that, that probably makes everybody want to, you know, th that probably inspires a lot of people to think maybe one day they can play for, you know, although the odds, you know, you know, the odds are maybe against them, you know, I don't know, especially a lot of these bands are, are retiring or stopping. I mean, that, you know, I think my band to play with kiss might be, uh, my, my uh, dream to play with kiss might be coming to an end, but <laughs> yeah, I doubt but, it. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
Oh yeah, happy birthday, Gene Simmons. I think it's his birthday today. I just oh, that just thought is about today. The twenty fifth is his birthday. Yes, that's right. Happy birthday, Gene. With Gene. with the uh, you no. Know, and speaking of Gene, you know he he's got that style about him. You know, people don't think of him like oh, he's the greatest bass player ever. But being in a band like Kiss, you know, and and, and the makeup and that whole, you know, just mystery of it all. I mean, and still going after all those years. I mean that's got to say something to fans, you know, but what, but what is it about you, you know, that you try to do differently? Like you, you have all these influences. You're talking about kiss and the Beatles, you know, Paul McCartney, just people, he's underrated uh, bass player. You know, people don't think about, but what, what do you do? What do you bring to the table as far as your bass playing that you try to do differently to stand out? Is there something that you, is your signature uh, playing that you do, you would say? Um, you know, I don't do anything to try to stand out. I basically just, just whatever's happening is in the moment. Um, and it's authentic. It's, uh, real. Um, you know, I like to perform, you know, I mean, Hey, I get it. If you want to stand there and, and just play your instrument, that's your thing. I, but, uh, the music starts to move me in a way that, you know, it's a performance at that point. So um, I, I do have this this technique with with my right hand and my thumb, my right thumb, um, where I'm slapping on the bass. Um, you know, I, I go between, but you wouldn't see that too much in rock music. <clears throat> and it's not like this kind of a slap where it's funk. It's more of, of an aggression uh, attack. It's more of an attack thing. I think that's uh, a unique thing in my playing. Um, I obviously don't do that in the studio or when I'm recording because it gets too too noisy and clanky, you know, to, to attack the instrument that hard. But in a live setting, I just, uh, you know, you got your adrenaline's going, you're, you know, people are into it. They're happy to see you. You're playing awesome hard rock music. Um, all that together combines, you know, the performance to be what it's, you know, what it is. So... Yeah. Well, you're talking about recording. What What's the hardest part about recording? And I also see that you're a now you're an engineer, is it, and a producer? I mean, you you have your hands all over recording and things like that. So, how hard is it to to create this music and kind of go back and fix it and see how it comes together? Uh, it's not hard. It's it's just a, a learned skill like anything else, but um, it's time consuming. So for me, I have to know that I'm going to see it through. I don't like starting something and walking away and it's just sitting there. I mean, it does happen because maybe the idea, um, you know, didn't didn't take me all the way to where I wanted to finish it. But if I believe in in a in a piece of music that I want to take further and that conviction is is instilled, man, I'll, I'll definitely I'll have to see it all the way through. And it's time consuming because. I have a thing where I like to to walk away for a few days, come back and listen, you know, get some perspective on after I've tracked some stuff. Cause to me, it feels almost like I go into a trance where right. I'm, I'm so into what I'm doing and tracking um, parts or just, you know, trying to come up with an arrangement idea or how I want to drive the song. Um, you know, you start to just lose yourself in it. And the next thing you know, 12 hours have passed. And you don't really remember what you were doing. So when you come back and listen, and if it, if it hits you the right way, then you've done something 
to move it forward. So, yeah. Sure. And it helps to enjoy it. I mean, I know, you know, doing things like that, it's not just a job, you know, I know it's, it's fun too. Right. I mean, you have to enjoy what you're doing. Right. Absolutely. You know, look for me, man, it's like this, you know, I'm lucky that I get to do what I'm doing. I recognize that. I know it's, um, you know, uh, a dream for a lot of people to get to be a musician and just do music for a living and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, so it would be a disservice to everything if I didn't occupy my time making music when I have the time to make music. And that's another driver. You know, I heard your interview with um, Joel Hoekstra the other day, a uh, friend of mine. And, awesome. and and he was sort of saying the same thing because I know that he's got so many things going on at, at all times and he fits in <laughs> still somehow to make his own music, uh, you know, to to satisfy his own soul, you know. So right. I'm in that same boat, you know. That's I mean, that's a good that's good that you have that opportunity, like you said, though. But I mean, I, I think as a uh, creator of music, it's probably within you. I know it for me, you, it's got to come out some form or other. You, you can't just sit still. Like Joel said, he can't just sit still and not do anything. feels like he's wasting his, all, all this precious time. You know, we're only given a certain amount of time. You might as well do some great music or something constructive, right? <laughs> or you know, do an I, interview <clears throat> or something well, like just, that. I, I, I believe in the creative process, you know, mm. and it, and it doesn't even have to be about music. You could be a chef. You can be uh, a painter. You can be a tile setter. You know, I mean, sure. uh, to me, that's all artistic and it's creative and it's something that you can build and step back and look at and go, I made that, you know, that's right. And, and if that's all I get out of it, then that's fine. Right. Um, going back to the uh, like songwritings and things like that. Um, when you're writing a song like, like your new single, is there. I, I was thinking about this now. Is it like a is it a written reassurance of how you're feeling? Is that what, you know, when you're writing something on a piece of paper, is it like you telling yourself, reassuring yourself at the moment, this is how I'm feeling. I'm going to write it on a piece of paper. Would you say that's the case? Sometimes, not every time, not every time when it comes to lyrics. For me, writing lyrics is very difficult. It's the hardest part of the process. Um, so sometimes it is how you feel. Some some other times it, it's like you some other line sparks something else in, in your mind that could not even really relate to the rest of the song, but it's something that's, you know, uh, worthy to, to keep around, to, to remember maybe, you know, a certain yeah. word or, or, or a line. But, um, you know, like I said, lyrics are, are difficult. That's I'm sure most, most musicians or creators in, in music, you know, being a vocalist or, you know, you, or if you're the songwriter in your band and you write all the lyrics, you know, like a Neil Peart or something, man. I mean, <laughs> it's so difficult. It's so hard. That's an art in itself. It really is. Yeah. And to come up with different ideas and to translate your feelings into words to paint a picture, you know, and you want to paint a picture of this, like your single there with of this scene. If somebody's visualizing the song in their mind, you want to paint this, you know, pretty picture of the idea of what you're trying to convey so it'll sink in rather than you know some people write vague lyric i mean that's cool i guess it's you know there's different things but some are kind of direct 
in the way that, I mean, you leave some to the imagination, but it's kind of like, here it is, you know, and it paints a picture and the people listen to it. And when you, you got a good vocal on there, it just helps out so much. But the, but the song that you've got, it, it, it reminds you of that. It kind of sets a tone, uh, for things, you know, and, and it probably gets people thinking, which like you said, is probably your whole idea. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Just, you know, some thought provoking, uh, whatever that pops out, you know, I'm sure everyone will have a, a different, um, you know, idea what the song's about, but what I am running into those is, is after talking with some people, you know, the running theme is that they do get the spirituality out of it. And, if if again if that's the only message that comes out when someone hears it man again i'm good with that that was awesome. that was sort of that was sort of an intention yeah well I, I think it's cool though you were now you didn't really understand the whole meaning of of the word right when you first wrote it but it kind of came out right uh through through understanding like so it's kind of like a journey the song's about kind of like a journey of understanding and then you kind of understood that this song means a lot more maybe than you even realized, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm, I'm learning. Um, well, I mean, just some factual stuff, you know, and I've said this in other interviews uh, is so Bahia means, means Bay in Spanish. Uh, there's a thing called the Bahia faith of religion that was made in like the early 1800s or something. Um and what was the other thing? Oh, there's there's a, a the state of Bahia in Brazil. I didn't know there was an actual place. So uh, yeah, it's interesting. You know, when when I just took the the name, um, which another interesting thing, it just came to me. I was watching uh, some TV show the other night, and they said the word Bahia, and I'd never heard that out of anyone's <laughs> mouth in the, my whole time since I was a kid. And when I heard that on TV, I was I what what <laughs> like what was that about? Like, but they were talking, I think they were talking about the place, the actual location. Right. So that was interesting. You know, yeah, it, it's it's weird that uh how how uh timing, I guess, right now, you know, maybe it's the right well, time for for a certain song like this. Well, see, that I mean that that's your 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 sign, you know, in the song you're talking about a sign. Here's your sign. It's like Bill Inval, you know, here's your sign. If, if, if you're sitting there thinking, you know, you're writing a song about Bahia and it pops up, maybe it was intended. Maybe it is, like you said, it is the right time. Uh, I was talking to a lady yesterday from South America, coincidentally or not, you know, and talking about that kind of music, you know. And, you know, the capital of uh, Bahia, I did some research, by the way, is Salvador. Right? Yes. It, yeah. It, and that means savior. You know, th those people in that area, they're very spiritual. You know, you, you were born in San Jose, right? Which yeah. means St. Joseph. You know, you know what I'm saying? I mean, so, so you're surrounded by spiritual things. People don't, you know, and it, it's up to you to decide where you want to go on that trip. But there are, you know, it, it kind of takes you to a place of you understand, you know, that it's right there in front of you. Sometimes signs, sometimes a sign will bite you on the leg <laughs> and you're like, Oh, okay. But, but that, but understanding though, that, you know, that I think the main thing is that uh, people, you know, if, if you're searching for truth or you're searching for something, you know, everybody is, everybody wants that, you know, everybody wants that answer. 
Uh, I think that's what the whole idea, especially the lady I was talking to yesterday, her new album is called Chasing the Sun. It's all about being under the sun. You know, people coming together and understanding we're all in this together. You know, and maybe rather than fighting with each other, maybe, you know, it, music is like the thing that brings us together. When you say, I think that's a good point uh, that you probably have talked about before is this song here gets you thinking. And don't you think that music, though, is is pretty good about bringing together people during these crazy, crazy times? And I know I've talked to my um, five minutes, but don't you think that music is really uh bringing people together during these times yeah and it always has throughout history it's it's been the one constant through history that people can express how they feel and convey their message um you know it's interesting when you when you see um uh unknown artists that all of a sudden blow up literally overnight because you never heard of these people because of the lyrical content of a song that resonates with how people feel right now at the moment. It's pretty incredible that music has that kind of power. Um, you know, in the sixties, of course, all the politically driven songs that were written back then, you know, early seventies, things like that, that were going on those times. What's crazy is nothing's changed. It's all 50 years later and we're still sitting in the same position over the same things. Makes you wonder, is it, is it, contrived um and i think that being able to convey your message through music can open some eyes and enlighten some people uh to possibly look further sure that's a good point that, yeah that it, is it, strange times yeah, we're in yeah it's what's well, kind of like like when you're singing your song and you're playing it for people and they relate to it they feel like they're not alone in that belief or that just desire to find out the truth or, or even just live a better life. I mean, people are looking for stuff. They see a guy over here like you that's in a band and having the time of his life and he's singing this song that makes them think. It kind of says, hey, I can relate to that guy. Do, do people do that, though? Do people come up to you and go, hey, man, that song, I relate to or I, I felt that song that you wrote do they ever do that to you yeah yeah it's and it's one of the most special things that can ever happen to somebody that happens one time in your life it's all you you know um but you know when when you're a famous songwriter for years and years and years not me i'm not talking about me but you know i'm sure those songwriters uh get that all the time and it kind of maybe just starts to go over their head i don't know but for me a few times that that has happened in my life, it definitely feels like a special moment that you connected with somebody. Right. And I know, I know that's, that's a big part of why people do it, you know, to experience that, that connection. And I know there's a, there's a connection with you playing on stage. I know there's a special feeling, like you said, when you're running around and you're looking out uh, across the crowd and they paid money to see you, you know, they ventured out, whatever they stopped, you know, a part of their life to go see you. And now they're paying music, you know, I mean, paying money to to hear your music. Uh, that's got to be special when you see those crowds out there uh, that really appreciate your music, right? Absolutely. Well, you know, I think you're referring to Y&T. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, hey, I didn't write those songs, but, um, 
you know, I, I get to hold, uh, had to have the torch passed to me to, to carry on the tradition of the songs. Um, and it, it is a very special thing to look out in the crowd and the connection that these people have to this music, just like I have to it. And that I was in that crowd many, many times watching that band. And it's interesting when you see some, somebody crying, you know, because the song is, is hitting them so emotionally, but they're, but they're smiling. And, and that's, that's a really, really powerful thing, man, to see, uh, you know, since you mentioned crowds, you know, that, that just popped into my head. Sure. I've seen, I've seen things like that constantly at a Y&T show. Um, you know, Dave Manichetti is, uh, an emotional singer, you know, when, when yes. he, his conviction in his voice is just, it's powerful. You know, Ronnie James Dio called him the best vocalist on earth. Wow. <laughs> that says so, a lot. <laughs> that, that absolutely says a lot. Uh, you know, I mean, Ronnie James Dio is, you know, he's, I mean, he's, he's a, the pillar and the pillar, and then there's some more pillars and yeah. he's up there, man. It's, it's crazy. Definitely. Definitely. So, so, you know, I, to, to uh, see the reaction coming back onto the stage for that man and, and his music, uh, just to be a part of that for me, just to be a part, a small part, is incredible. It's really cool. Yeah, I was thinking about those songs. You know, different songs mean different things, like you said earlier. But when you hear a song that you listened to years ago, and especially when you're playing it night after night with a band, you know, it brings back memories. And even though there's people like that's there was in the band that's no longer here, or people that used to love that music that's no longer here, but you're, if you're still here and you hear that song, it takes you back to a certain time. That's what music will always do. You know, it, it kind of takes you places and you can be sitting in your bedroom listening to like your song and it takes you across the bay to another country and you're in this boat or something and you're, mm -hmm. the sun's shining down on you and you're having the time of your life. You may be dying of cancer, but you're listening to this song and it changes the atmosphere it changes your mind it changes everything right yeah hopefully you know i mean that's i guess the reward in it is is to uh like i said connect with somebody or it changes their perception or you know uh instills something positive well in this this single though what what's the reaction been i know a lot of people have been talking about your single i'm sure positive things about it I, I know that inspires you what's the future of your music your solo stuff just to continue creating you know um when we're done with this i'm going to go in and, and work on another one i've got that just started floating around the last few days um just to keep in the creative process as much as i can um it just seems like the right thing to do you know i mean what else am I going to do with my time if I'm going to sit around and pet the cat, man? I mean, it's like, <laughs> you know, I, I might as well be making music, you know, and then and then take a break, and go pet the cat. But you, <laughs> you could pet the cat and play one hand. You might start <laughs> something. I don't know. Uh, take the cat on tour. Um, yeah. So and speaking of which, no, are you going to be doing some shows for your solo stuff coming up or how's that going to work? Well, like a lot of uh, referring back to Joel's interview, I did hear him mention, uh, you know, you, you, to put together a band to go out and play live when it's your music, you, you have to offer something. Um, 
in return for their services and their talents. Uh, it's not, you know, like we're 20 years old and, you know, hey, let's just throw this together and go have a great time. You know, it's people got a business to run, you know. So sure, sure. Um, I've said this before, if, if there's some sort of uh, interest in something like that from from me, I mean, I would love to do it just so I can hear the music back played through other people, their interpretation of uh, how they approach it um, and then hear it all live. That would be awesome, you know, but at this point. I don't have any plans to put together a live band to go out and do it. That could change and it probably will change. But as of, you know, foreseeable future, it's just uh, Y&T. And, uh, you know, we've got the 50th anniversary coming up in 24. And so that's that's going to keep us busy. We're going to Japan uh, January back to Tokyo after four years. I think it's been about four years. And then... Uh, you know, throughout the year, um, we're going to be touring and and playing as much as we can to celebrate 50 years of Y&T. So that's going to keep keep me busy. Um, and I do acoustic shows here regionally where I live, solo acoustic stuff. Um, I'll be doing one tonight, actually. And, you know, so and then making music, you know, recording my own stuff and just just keep keep putting out music, building a catalog, I guess. Awesome. And as far as Y and T, uh, like you said, you're going to be doing the fiftieth. Is there going to be? Is there any plans for any new music in that area? I haven't heard. Yeah, no, yep. I haven't. I haven't heard anything about um, seriously getting together to to write. Um, but I'm always uh, knocking on that door. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you are. Well, I appreciate you talking to me today. Uh, I'm excited that you're going to go record some music. Thanks, everybody, for uh, tuning in. If you want to hear more about here, Aaron Lee, go yeah, to his like website, AaronLee.com, I, I or I go to yntrocks.com to find out yeah, more Congratulations about the band. to you for your dream. Until next time, everybody, this is Gary Suckers saying, keep the music real. The dream continues, and may it always continue, man. Gary, thank you so much for having me, man. It's a pleasure. All right. Have a good day. All right. You too.